0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who isn't excited for Christmas to come? Trees are lit up, even palm trees outside. You go down to Dana Point Harbor, Christmas lights everywhere. Even a whale is lit up and sprouting out water. Who isn't excited for Christmas to come? Well, nearly everyone is filled with joy at the thought of Christmas, In fact, many of those same people that are filled with joy are not excited for Christmas. The true Christmas, that is. The coming of the birth of the Savior is quite bad news for many. And so, what do they do? They drown out the hymns of the heralding angels with jingle bells rocking. They drown out the news of the birth of the babe of Bethlehem with the jolly old man. And yet, those very same ones who despise God, who despise the news of the birth of His Son, are the very same ones who are prospering in the world around us. All around us, we see that the wicked are prospering. We are taught from our youth to work hard, earn an honest living, and be honest. But then we go out in the world, and it seems as though the wicked are the ones that prosper, while the honest are left behind. We look at the mansions on the hills, the wicked who have great toys, the newest toys of boats, jet skis, and the like. Those are the ones that are prospering. And so we are left asking the question, why do the wicked prosper? We see the prosperity of the wicked in nearly every aspect of our lives. First, we see it in the communities around us with those mansions on the hills. We see it in the politics, do we not? Gone are the days where we can elect an honest official that enacts laws to carry out justice. To rise to the top of the political power all but requires dishonesty and lies. The wicked are the ones that rise to power. Look at our businesses and corporations around us, and listen to this quote regarding businesses. I say the same also about mechanics, workmen, and day laborers. They all follow their evil thoughts and never know enough ways to overcharge people while they are lazy and unfaithful in their work. seems as though that was written just yesterday. But in fact, that was written in 1529 by Luther in the large catechism. And if he saw and acknowledged such wickedness in businesses back then, what do you think he would think? of business practices today, and the prosperity of the wicked. All around us, we see that the wicked are prospering. That is, until we come into this sanctuary of God, and we hear the word of God tell of their end, that their end is destruction. Hear the words of the prophet Malachi. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. We desire justice to be carried out, and it seems as though it's not being carried out, and that angers us. And while the Lord certainly does sometimes bless the moral, in our eyes it seems as though it's not nearly enough. The more wicked someone is, the more they seem to prosper. The scales are largely imbalanced in this life, and that angers us greatly. But that's not the whole equation. Our text this morning clearly lays out what awaits the wicked. The coming of the sun on that last day will be as a burning oven, and they will be reduced to stubble. Elsewhere in Scripture, we are told of the end of the wicked. Psalm thirty-seven: fret not yourself because of evil doers; be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. We heard this a few weeks ago in Philippians three. Of the enemies of the cross of Christ, that their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with their minds set on earthly things. For the wicked, the coming of the sun, the coming of the day will mean that their end has come. They will be set ablaze. On the last day, all flesh. Will be raised. We often overlook the fact that all flesh will be raised, not just the righteous, but the righteous and the wicked. For that day, the raising of all flesh, for us, it will be a great joy, but to them, it will be to their great demise. Death is not an escape for the wicked that we sometimes feel as though it is an escape for them. The coming of the Son on that last day, he will be the just one and the justifier, and he will enact justice for all of us. One of our favorite hymns, Hark the Herald angel Sings, tells of this last day for the believers that the coming of the Son of Righteousness will bring with it healing in its wings. The hymn writer writes, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. The same Son who will come and reduce the wicked to ashes will bring healing in its wings. Healing. Healing. Healing for those who acknowledge their need for healing that only the Son can give, and not for those that believe that they are well and in no need of healing. For you, for me, for those who acknowledge their need for that healing, that coming of the Son on that last day will be a great and glorious day. Gone will be the days where the wicked have the mansions on the hills. Gone will be the days where the wicked rise to power. And gone will be the days when justice does not seem to be carried out. The coming of the sun will be a great and glorious day. And the prophet Malachi paints an image for us of what that last day will be like for all believers he paints the image of calves leaping from their stalls. In contrary to what people may believe about Oklahoma and that there are cows everywhere, this image was new to me. If you're feeling down a little bit later or just a little curious, look up, pictures, look up videos of calves leaping from their stalls. Here you have little cows that aren't so little, maybe a couple hundred pounds, leaping, jumping everywhere, and running about. It's likely the first time that they've ever seen grass, ever stepped foot in it, and they're filled with great joy. They run out of the stalls like kids whenever you open the gate to the playground. They can't contain that excitement. And so Malachi compares that image to what the coming of the sun on the last day will mean. For us, as we prepare for Christmas, we are reminded that the Son has come, that He came and was placed into that stall to free us from our stall. For what is the purpose of a stall if not to fatten up a calf in order for it to be slaughtered? He came to be slaughtered, to free us from being slaughtered. This is why he came, that by his cross, by his death, we would have salvation. So in light of our text, our minds are reshaped of what this last day will be like in the prosperity of the wicked. We may not see justice being carried out as we would like, but justice will be carried out. The wicked will not prosper for all eternity. And so we can look at the wicked with indifference, with pity, and with disgust. For they've traded temporary wealth for eternal destruction. And so we have to look and care about the prosperity of the wicked very little. For we know what awaits us that the news of the coming of the Sun of Righteousness on that last day will bring for us healing in its wings, warmth and light for those wicked destruction. One message, one news of the arrival of the sun, two very different experiences. And for that, we have great hope for that last and final day.